It is good to be with you tonight. Just want to start by saying that it's a privilege to be here amongst the other speakers. Um, I have so enjoyed the impact of the speakers that have gone before me. Uh, just the, the way that they've heard from the Lord and, and just given us nuggets of God's goodness. I want to say that uh, last night, something supernatural happened. And I believe something shifted in the spirit realm. I believe it was the word of the Lord. And um, of all the times that I've heard our pastor speak, I believe that this was the word of the Lord. Amen? Now you guys remember how this works, right? We're going to kind of interact a little bit. Um, If there's... If I say anything remotely funny, you're going to laugh, that kind of thing. So Pastor Tom gave us a message yesterday, and I really believe, again, that is the word of the Lord. I believe that God is taking us into the next phase. I believe that the word revival is for real. But first of all, God has to awaken his church. Amen? Anyway, as Tom was speaking yesterday, I just, I just began to weep and weep and weep. It penetrated my heart so much. And so I'd say on a scale from 1 to 10, about an 8. But it's only going to get better. One of the things that I love about the Intimacy with God conference is for me personally, it, it feels a little bit like the new year. And we make our commitments and we, we look to God and we say, God, have we been faithful to you? Um, to me, the Intimacy with God conference is, is somewhat similar to that. Where we want to look to God and just say, God, have I been faithful to the call? Have I run the race effectively for you? And so I want to start with this today, um, almost like a doctor would examine us physically. I just want to start by challenging us tonight with a couple thoughts. Now, this is not for the purpose of condemnation. And you guys know what condemnation is, right? It's just sort of a vague attack of the enemy. But maybe for a little bit of loving conviction by the Holy Spirit. Now, when Tom was talking yesterday, he said, God is raising up an army. And that is the truth. God is going to raise up an army. But before we can go into the army, we need to be sure that we're equipped. And so I just want to go through a small evaluation here just for a, just for a minute. And I want to ask each one of you, I think it's Pastor Greg, that says, kind of shut yourself in for a minute. You know, in the Old Testament, the, the Jewish people would take the, their prayer cloth and they would put it over their heads and they would, they would tabernacle with God. Right? That's what this was. This was like a tent of meeting where they would put it over their head and they would tabernacle with God. Before we can effectively step into the army of God and begin to fight against uh, all that the world is offering us, I want to ask you this. 
about your eyes. Just go ahead and just shut yourself in. Are your eyes free from looking at things you shouldn't? Do you have cataracts and unable to see the vision that God has for you? Do you have eyes of compassion? Do you have your Father's eyes? And do you still see the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God in turbulent times? How about your ears? Do my ears hear his voice and do I walk in obedience? Am I hearing the ultimate truth about how God sees me? And that is that he loves me because he loves me because he loves me because he loves me. Have my ears been infected by the lies of the enemy? Have there been word curses spoken over my ears or accusations of the enemy? And how about your mouth or your tongue? Have you had a chance to open wide your mouth? The Bible says, open wide your mouth and I will fill it. Am I speaking life and not death over other people? And then your teeth. Are you chewing on the meat of God's word? The Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. And then there's your heart. Is your heart tonight broken and contrite before God? David was a man after God's own heart, and, and um, one of the reasons that he was called that was because he was quick to repent. As we're preparing for the army of God, you're going to need a heart that is surrendered. Have I allowed bitterness or unforgiveness to enter my heart? And then your hands, are your hands raised in worship? Are you reaching out to be the hands of Jesus? And then there's kind of the private area. Are you walking in sexual purity? Are you walking in sexual fidelity? And then there's your knees. Are your knees showing signs of wear because you've battled in the heavenlies like Daniel? And then your elbows. Are your elbows showing signs of wear because you've laid before God in intercession? This is an important one. How about your stomach? Do you have hunger pains? Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do you hunger to grow in Christ? And then your feet. Are your feet shod with the gospel of peace, even in turbulent times? The Bible says, blessed are the feet of those who proclaim good news. And are you going into all the world, fulfilling the Great Commission? You can look up. I believe that this is a time of shaking, where God is shaking from us anything that he can so that we are equipped to join the army. There is an awakening, and I just want to say, don't be discouraged. God is for you. He's not against you. Amen? Now remember, this is not for condemnation. That's just a vague attack of the enemy. 
Conviction is when the loving Holy Spirit just puts his finger in a specific area. And I believe I just wanted to start tonight and just, just challenge you that if you're going to be in the army, we have to be equipped. We have to be equipped within our bodies, having put on the whole armor of God that we would stand firm. All right, so I'm not actually a very serious person. I like to joke around, so if you guys can just lighten up a little bit, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> I do believe that in order for us to go into the next place, into the promised land, I believe that in order for there to be revival, we must understand the fear of the Lord. So let's look at Isaiah 40, verse 12. And this says, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales, and the hills in a balance? Guys, let me see the hollow of your hand. That's this part of your hand. Let me just see the, the hollow of your hand. See, the reason that we need to fear the Lord is because in the very hollow of your hand, where you and I could probably hold just a couple drops of water, the Bible says that our Father in heaven holds the whole world in the hollow of his hand. And so, as I prepared for this message called Intimacy with God, I felt like God was reminding me of ways that I've learned over many years to walk in relationship with him. And one is the fear of the Lord. So Isaiah 40, verse 12, says he's, he holds the whole world in the very palm of his hand. And this just speaks to his holiness. Romans 12, 9 says, Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. What is the fear of the Lord? It's when we hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Psalms 111 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and all who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. Psalms 86 verse 11 says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. In Proverbs 22 4 says, True humility and the fear of the Lord leads to riches, honor, in long life. But what is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is an awareness that we are in the presence of a holy, just, and almighty God. To fear the Lord is to honor him in all that we do. This is the fear of the Lord. Well, how do I, how do I walk in the, the fear of the Lord? What are the disciplines that I can that I can do to just sort of understand this concept called the fear of the Lord. We'll look at his creation. Amen? Psalms 8 verse 3 says, When I look at the night sky and I see the work of your fingers and the moon and the stars you have set in place, what is man that you think of us, mere humans, that you should care for us? So number one is just look at God's creation. How do I walk in the fear of the Lord? Just... Just look at his creation. The creation that he holds in the very palm of his hand. Number two, honor the word of God. Number two, honor the word of God. Guys, I just want to say to you that if your truth 
if your truth is not this truth, it is not truth. Let me say that one more time because that was good stuff. (laughs) Guys, if your truth is not this truth, then your truth is not truth. Amen. Let me say that one more time for emphasis. <laughs> if your truth, you know, I hear this next generation speaking about their truth. This is my truth. But if your truth is not this truth, then it is not truth. Amen. So honor the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17 says, All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. And number three, invite God's loving conviction. The Bible says that the enemy comes to rob and kill and destroy. And Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And so in order for us to live the abundant life, there are times where the Holy Spirit needs to gently put his finger in a specific place in our lives for the purpose of change. It will always be loving. It will always be specific. And so when we walk in the fear of the Lord... Let's look at God's creation. Let's honor the word of God. And let's invite God's loving conviction into each and every area of our life. Is it okay if I tell you a couple stories? Uh, Several years ago, I was a student at the university. Spent a lot of time at the university. I never graduated, but I spent a lot of time, a lot of money at the university. And I was in a comparative literature class, and I was seated in a lecture hall about 400 people. And I just want to give an example of what I believe to be the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord for me is is just walking in obedience. Right? If we want to keep it really simple, it's just do what God is asking you to do. Walk in obedience. So I'm at the university. I'm in a lecture hall about 400 students. And the professor was speaking to the, the students about, you know, comparative religion, comparative um, gods, basically, that the Greek gods are similar to the God that, I, that I'm serving. And I remember sitting there as a, this was a lot of years ago, but as a 20-year-old student, and I remember sitting there just grieved in my heart that there was a whole classroom, 400 students that were being almost indoctrinated with the idea that all gods are similar, Now, this was a required course. I had to take the course. But somehow the teaching was that all gods are similar. And I was so grieved in my heart. And so, 20 years old, I'm seated in the lecture hall, and I just, I bow my head for a minute. And I was just so grieved in my heart, and I said, Father, don't let this message impact these students that would affect them for a lifetime. And I just bowed my head, and I was just praying in tongues for a little bit. And uh, 
I felt like the Lord just said, just, just call on me. And so that's what I was doing quietly, not making a scene. What happened was when I look up, the, this is no joke, when I looked up, the professor reached for his tie. He fell over his lectern. The ambulance came in and had to take him out. Now, I'm not saying that to say that God strikes us with lightning. But I'm just, I'm just pointing out the fact that in simple obedience, it was just the simple obedience of just praying and asking God almost to cover the ears of some of these students. And I'll tell you, if nothing else, it built my faith. When my oldest daughter was born, uh, she was born C-section. Uh, they wanted her to go into the NICU unit, neonatal, sorry, neonatal intensive care unit, wanted her to go into that. They called the neonatologist down and um, asked that she would uh, just sort of take her to the, the NICU. And I just felt the Lord say, no, pray for her. And you know how it is with your first baby. They're, they're just so precious and you want everything for them. And so I just, well, I want to say I spoke in tongues under my, my breath, but when it's your child... You don't really care who's around. <laughs> and so I just began to pray in tongues. And you know, when it's your child, let me just say that again, when it's your child, you don't really care who's around. <laughs> and so my daughter is in this little bassinet ready to go to the NICU. And I just began to pray in tongues and, and just almost prophesy over her. And I'm not kidding about this. When I... When I opened my eyes, the neonatologist said, looked at Caitlin, our little baby, and said, sweetie, I don't know what your daddy said, but you don't need to go to the NICU anymore. (laughs) I want to talk to you for a minute about being released from the fear of man, number two. So number one is just to keep it very simple. If we're going to be in this army, we must walk in the fear of the Lord. Number two is we have to be released from the fear of man. So what is fear of man? Fear is the opposite of the fear of the Lord. It's when I allow people's comments and attitudes to affect my willingness to follow God. This is called the fear of man. I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but the fear of man is a form of pride. Right? It's just a form of pride. Because we value people's opinions over the one true God. And so you can't simultaneously walk in the fear of the Lord and the fear of man. Choose you this day. Choose you this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that involves the fear of the Lord. So fear of man is actually a form of pride. You cannot walk in the fear of the Lord if you let the fear of man rule over you. How do I experience release from fear of man? I'm kind of a basic guy, a simple guy, pretty practical, so if you're not picking up on that, 
I want to give you some real tangible things because sometimes I think we, we talk about Scripture, but we never get to the point where we're just actually, well, we just, give me, just tell me what to do, right? Just give me the tangible. Give me the steps required. And I just want to tell you that I, I believe that there's a way to be released from the fear of man because we cannot simultaneously walk in the fear of the Lord and the fear of man. Well, the first thing is, if you want to get rid of this thing called fear of man, just do what God asks you to do. Do what God is asking you to do. Number two, be obedient and trust God. If you want to walk out from under this cloud of fear of man, you simply do what God is asking you to do and be obedient and trust God. Now, what happens if you're not hearing God? What happens if you can't seem to find your way? Well, just go back. Number three, just go back. Go back to the place where you heard God last and simply go back to that place and be sure that at that place you were obedient. If you've lost your way, just go back to the place where you maybe should have, could have been obedient to God, but you forgot that part. Just go back to that place be obedient and continue to run the race that he set before you. In number four, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And I mean for real, just ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? He's our helper. John fourteen twenty six says this, but the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring back to your remembrance all that I have said. So why do we need the Holy Spirit? Why do we need the Holy Spirit to walk in the fear of the Lord? Why do we need the Holy Spirit to walk out from under the cloud called the fear of man? Number one is because he'll teach us all things. This is why we need the Holy Spirit, because he will teach us all things. Number two, the Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance everything that Jesus said. And John 16, verse 8 says, When he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness. And two more, John 16, 13 says, All things that Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he takes the mine and discloses it to you. He will guide you into all truth. So why do we need the Holy Spirit, guys? He will teach you all things. Why else? He will bring back to your remembrance everything that Jesus taught you. He has come to convict the world of sin and righteousness, and he will guide you into all truth. And so as we are, as we are entering into this new promised land, as those that are signing up for the army, we must walk in the fear of the Lord. Pastor Tom mentioned this yesterday, Joshua 1.9 have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. How many of you have ever struggled with this whole concept called the fear of man? Looks like just, looks like just a couple of you. I see one or two. 
One of the greatest ploys of the enemy, one of the greatest attacks of the enemy is this concept called fear of man. Hey, I don't want to embarrass this person, but there's a woman that I worked with 12 years ago at the health club, and she is here tonight. She came with my sister, Julie. And tonight in the back corner, after she has gone through many, many struggles in life, in the back corner, she either accepted Christ or rededicated her life to Christ. It doesn't matter. The truth is that our friend Babette is here tonight, and she is inheriting the kingdom of God because she accepted Christ. My example of uh, this thing called the fear of man is I was invited to speak in a Chinese-American church in California. And uh, I have a friend who is a missionary in China, and this woman had started a ministry in California, uh, L.A. area, and she invited me to speak in kind of like a discipleship training school. And she didn't give me a lot of details, but I knew that it was for not students this time as much as it was for uh, career people. And so I knew that. I knew that going in, and I, I teach a topic called the Father Heart of God and a couple, a couple other different topics. And to be honest with you, I know the message is really simple. I'm not trying to impress people with my theological thoughts. I, I'm just trying to convey the message that he loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you. Oh, by the way, because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you. And that's the truth about who God is. And so here I am, and I see the room beginning to fill up. And the woman is just making sure that I have water and things like that, and I've got this very simple message. But it's not simple for this reason. Do you guys know that you can walk through your whole life and never really understand who God is as your Father? And even worse, do you know that you can walk your whole Christian walk and be a part of religion and the activities of the church but never truly understand the Father's love. So I am beginning to teach. Uh, 30 minutes before I'm about to teach, the woman mentions to me that she uh, has a room full of very intellectual people. Now, I wish I had known that, but I'm not sure I wish I had known that. I just, I'm ambivalent to the whole idea. But I know after I'm woken up and I had breakfast that 30 minutes before teaching that this room is filled with very intellectual people. And I don't mean slightly intellectual. I mean physicists. And there were four emergency room doctors in the room. And there were dentists. Um, for those of you that know me, I, I just barely graduated the eighth grade, so I was in a place <laughs> where the fear of man was consuming me. And I said, God, I just have this simple, this simple message about how much you love people as a father. And I said, there is no way that I can touch the intellect of these people. There's just no way that I can penetrate the minds of these people with this very simple message. 
And do you know what God said to me? He said, good. All he said back to me was, good. And I'm like, what you mean, good? (laughs) No, I'm serious. I'm like, what you mean, good? He said, He said, someone tell a joke quick. (laughs) He said, because I called you to touch the hearts of men. When I had spoken the message, It so penetrated the hearts of men and women. You guys know the term being slain in the spirit? Of course you do. I have never seen so many physicists and doctors and dentists lying on the ground as the Holy Spirit touched them with power. I took a trip to India with Sam Duram, and uh, they are such encouragers to be sure that we're always prophesying over people. Just get in there and, and play, the, play the part and uh, just, just get in there and begin to prophesy over people. And I prayed for a man from India, and in many countries, the, the facial expressions are not necessarily required, like Prophecy is not necessarily penetrating a heart if someone is crying. Tears are not necessarily an indicator of an inaccurate prophetic word. And so I'm prophesying over this man in India. And, you know, sometimes the fear of man comes before, sometimes in the middle, sometimes after. In this particular case, I prophesied over him, and there were no cues. Right? Like, be honest with me. You want some cues, right, when you prophesy? (laughs) Now they say, well, I won't say that. No, they say, prophesy with your eyes closed and pray deliverance with your eyes wide open. (laughs) And so when we prophesy, don't prophesy looking for cues because tears and some of those things are not necessarily an indicator that the heart of man has been touched. And so I'm in India, and I'm praying for this young man, and there is no cue. His face is stoic. His facial expression is just nothing. And by the way, we don't speak the same language. And so I'm prophesying over him and, and out of faith and just, just not sure. And so the whole night, I just can't sleep. I'm like, God, I don't want to bring confusion to the body of Christ, and I don't want to prophesy things that you're not saying. And I, I am in turmoil. Like the fear of man turmoil It is really, really upsetting me. The next morning at breakfast, I see this man over here, and he's talking to another man, and they're pointing at me. Now, you guys know fear of man. It's like he's pointing at me. He's pointing at me. He's pointing at me. He's pointing at me because they would like me to leave India. (laughs) But in reality, what he said through the translator was this. He said, 
He said, last night after being a missionary for 12 years, I said to God, God, if you will not speak to me and confirm my calling and confirm that I'm called to this nation, then I'm going to hang it all up. I'm going to call it quits. And this rookie came forward and said through an interpreter, and I remember saying this to him, the Lord says, don't hang it up. Don't hang it up. He said, when I called you, I called you for a lifetime. And I remember saying something like that. And I pulled out of there and I just ran away. <laughs> what he told the interpreter was, if it wasn't for the prophetic word that was spoken to, this, to myself, that I would have hung up my ministry. Just one more example of the fear of man. Sometimes when I... I get on a plane, well, almost all the time when I get on a plane, this is the lie the enemy tells me, especially when I'm, well, when I'm, when I'm going to different countries and teaching. Uh, the enemy tells me this. He says, well, why would you need to go? I know it's kind of sick, but I just want to be vulnerable with you because you're family. He says things like, well, why would you need to go? Like, why couldn't they just call the guy up the street? better looking, funnier, better teacher. And it's, you know, we're all, we're all under attack. So there's times when I try to take that thought captive and, and the fruit of ministry is always, always awesome. But there's just times where you walk in the fear, the fear of man. I had the privilege of going to a place in China. It was up by Kazakhstan. And... Uh, once again, I remember just kind of being operating, just sort of fearful, fear of man. And we're in a, it's, a, a, it's an underground church, but it's several floors up. But by underground, just a private situation. And there are about six students there, and I'm not about numbers. I don't mind if I can just touch the heart of one. Uh, here I am. And I'm giving a message again on the Father Heart of God. We're seated on the floor. Um, it's all private. There's a plan in place. If someone knocks on the door, uh, we just pretend that we're making crafts or something like that. And so here I am in the upper room, and I, I'm teaching this, this thing on the Father Heart of God. But inside I'm thinking, God, how will this ever touch the hearts of people? Because this is not just translation from English to Mandarin. It's English to Mandarin to Kazakh. And I'm like, God, how is this possibly going to work that this message is going to go from this to this to this? The second day that I was teaching, I noticed that there was this young woman and she came in and she just, she was kind of sitting really close to me. And I noticed that she kept touching my elbow with her elbow. And you know, if you know me, I don't really like to be touched a lot. <laughs> I mean, when the anointing is there, I, I'm fine with it, but... When the anointing lifts, trust me, I just don't want you to be touching on me. <laughs> and so she was touching my elbow with her elbow, and I was like, why does she keep doing that? In my head, I mean, why does she keep doing that? <laughs> to make this story just a little bit shorter, throughout the week, as she just started touching my elbow, she just wanted to feel... And humility is just saying who you are, right? So I just want to be humble and say, she just wanted to feel the love of a father. 
And she touched my elbow the whole week long, her elbow there the whole time. I'm like, oh, please stop that. <laughs> but the last couple of days, she had a tear running down her eye as I was, was speaking. And I said, why is she crying? And the translator said, when she was a little girl, her dad would throw, throw her through windows. And she has never been able to say, Daddy, And so this was a time where God took this guy from Madison, Wisconsin on a trip to the other side of the world with true translations simply to touch elbows with one. I got to hear a hallelujah because this is the goodness of God. The last thing that I believe that we need And I won't dwell on this because I just want to touch for one minute and then we'll move on. But I believe the last thing that we need is repentance. All right, this this is just a truth. This is just a truth. So if we are going to do what Tom is asking us to do, and Tom, I want to be on your list. I'm straight up honest. I just want to be on your list. I want to be in the army and I want to do what I'm being asked to do and say, if I perish, I perish. Guys, I want to speak to this generation. And I hear the Lord say for this generation over here that God is going to burn a new fire inside of you. You have seen too much, you have watched too much, and you haven't believed most of it. But now you are beginning to see that God is going to awaken inside of you a new fire. And it will be a fire of my goodness, and it will be a fire of my purity, and it will be the real, says the Lord. Your generation right here. God is going to raise up an army in your generation, and the Lord says, I'm going to hand off a baton from the the generation that has gone before you. So I say to you today, that I am restoring the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Rise up, O generation. For I'm going to awaken you in the night season and you no longer will walk in confusion. You no longer will walk in confusion, but you will rise up and you will have a knowing of the plans that God has for you. For there has been a ploy of the enemy to cause you to walk in confusion. There have been lies of the enemy that have bombarded you and you haven't been able to find your way. But the Lord says, I'm going to put you on a path that is straight and narrow. And there are those that have gone before you that are going to pass a baton to you. And you are going to run the race that I have set before you. Rise up, O generation. Rise up, O generation, for this is the real. This is the real, says the Lord. In Jesus' name. See, the thing about repentance is that renewal, restoration, reconciliation, and revival all hinge on repentance. Did you guys hear me? Renewal, restoration, reconciliation, and revival all hinge on repentance. Repentance among God's people is what produces revival. 
Guys, I, I don't want to be the, the Debbie Downer here, but do you know the reason that the world is in such chaos? Is because the church has not risen up. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear out of heaven and I will heal their land. Guys, let me say this again because this is potent. The reason that the world is in chaos, one of the reasons that the world is in chaos is because the church has not risen up and taken its rightful place. Amen? Many of you have seen this video. Um, there's a man that is speaking from Australia. He's a pastor praying for America. Many of you have seen this. I just want to share this with you if, if you haven't. Uh, first of all, the man is praying from Australia for America, which I think is really precious. You're like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? We have plenty of people that pray, and I was just thinking, wow, that is so pure and holy of you to just be praying for America. He said he saw a picture, and it was a dream. He said in the dream there were two things in America that were were going on. One was there was um, a spirit of anger, a spirit of hatred, and there was a spirit of fear. And these things were rising up in America, and together it was a perfect storm right where there was going to be just chaos in the land because these two things butting their heads together would create chaos in the United States of America. But this is the good part. He said, but then I saw the bride. I'm like, what you mean the bride? (laughs) He said he saw the bride of Christ and there was one hand on the chest of the hatred and there was one hand on the chest of the fear. And it was the bride of Christ that was pushing the two back so that they could not create chaos in your land. Come on, you guys. And so it's the bride of Christ that is necessary to deal with many of the ills of what's going on in society. We need to repent for the fear of man. Right, so I won't go far into this. Uh, We know what repentance is, but I believe that we do need to repent for some of the things that we've done, some of the things that we've done um, in our generations. But we do need to repent for the fear of man. I want to talk to you about this spirit of fear. Just touch on this. Hear me with this. Any area that you and I have fear is an area that we don't fully trust God. Amen. So any area that you and I have fear is just an area that we don't don't fully trust God. We can be good 90% of the time, but there's that one area. And this can create a stronghold in your own heart. So these are areas that we need to trust God. The difference between being a son and an orphan Someone that has an orphan heart is going to walk in fear. But let me remind you what sonship is. And and Pastor Tom is always reminding us about being favored sons and daughters. But to be his son and accept sonship means 
to receive your inheritance from the Father. To be his son means recognizing that we must open our hearts to love because perfect love casts out fear. To be his son, we must understand the law of love. And to do the opposite of that is to love the law. And there is no love in the law. Did you guys hear me? You seem pretty quiet. I don't know if it's the mass. But this is some good preaching, i got to tell you. <laughs> to be his son, we must understand the law of love. And to do the opposite is to love the law, and there is no love in law. When my heart is orphaned, it simply means that I am not at home in the Father's love. This whole word, orphan, my heart has been orphaned. It simply means that I am not at home in the Father's embrace. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, abide to be at home. And so as sons and daughters, we need to walk through life understanding what sonship and daughtership is. If we are truly going to walk in intimacy, if we truly are going to walk in this battleground and and take on all that we need to, to be in the army of God... And I'm for real, Tom. I want to be a part of this so bad because the time is now. I don't know if you guys heard me. I'm not trying to look for attention. I've got four kids and I get plenty of attention. (laughs) But I just want to tell you guys the time is now. The fear of the Lord coming out of the fear of man in repentance. I want to be a little personal with you and share with you what it means for me to walk number four in intimacy. For me, I feel an intimate relationship with God when I pray with my wife, Melody, almost every night. We have seen so much accomplished in the lives of other people through private prayer. I feel an intimate relationship with God when I pray with my wife, Melody, almost every night. I feel an intimate relationship with God when I hear his voice. This is what intimate relationship looks like to me. I feel an intimate relationship with God when I receive prophetic words from other people. I feel an intimate relationship with God when I see the blessing of God on my family. I feel an intimate relationship with God when I see the faithfulness of God in my marriage. You want to hear something cool? Is Almost 28 years ago, I met my wife, Melody, on that back pew. And it was kind of cool. It was a Sunday night. I... I really love Sunday night service because back at this time, this was a time where people could just come and, and really abandon themselves to God. 
Yet I remember that there was no reason for me to be at the Sunday night service except I really wanted to be with God. And so if you are looking for God to fulfill his promises, just stay in the center of God's will. This story of uh, Christina and, and her story, and I just remember that message too of just the, the suffering but still calling upon the name of the Lord. Guys, if you want God to give you the desires of his heart, then walk in the fear of the Lord. Christina, was it worth the wait? Yes. Amen. <laughs> I feel an intimate relationship with God when I see his faithfulness. I feel and experience an intimate relationship with God when I read his word and I see what he says about himself and what he says about me. Right, one of the reasons that we, we read the word of God is just to simply understand his character and we read the word of God to understand what he says about us. The nature and character of God is where we understand what God says about himself and what he says about us. And lastly, I feel and experience an intimate relationship with God when I walk in obedience. One of the greatest privileges that I've had, um, you know, when we were growing up, we always had uh, Africans in our home. Our parents love university students. And Julie and I would wake up in the morning and there would be a different African person at our house because my parents had invited them to spend the night on the couch and get to know us as a family. And it was so exciting. And I never realized that God was giving me a heart for Africa during this time. And now South America and China and other places. Well, let's say for the nations. When I walk in, in intimacy and I simply walk in obedience, God begins to open up more and more doors. I'll just cut this short, but I, I had the privilege of teaching at a, it's called a YWAM base in, in Athi River, Africa, for about 12 years now. And it started with the fear of man. Right, just to be honest, it started with the fear of man. I was just afraid. Um, I had never been out of the country. I had never, I didn't really know what a passport was, and this is many, many years ago. But the one thing that I knew is that I wanted to walk in the fear of the Lord. And so I got on a plane, and they said something about bucket showers. And of course, what did I say? What you mean, bucket showers? And this is where you take a bucket and you take a shower over your head or something like that. And I, I went to this base for the very first time. I was completely jet-lagged. They said, will you share a testimony? Will you share some sort of devotion? And I had no idea it was supposed to be like 40 minutes of a devotion. I, I was so jet-lagged. I had never been in another country. I, I stood up and I said, uh, Let's see, trust the Lord. Yeah, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And I sat down. <laughs> and I had no idea. I mean, I was sort of new to this stuff, but the one thing, the one thing, 
because I just wanted to be obedient. I knew that my primary call was to the nations, and I wanted to begin to walk out my call. And so the one thing that I wanted to do was just walk in the fear of the Lord, to step out from underneath this fear of man. So I'm done with my devotion, and I know the director of this base is like, oh, this is going to be a long week. I'll take a step back. Uh, Sam Duran was actually supposed to go speak at this base to make matters worse, right? So Sam Duran, who is a gifted speaker, and people love to see him come, I was supposed to go with him to this base. He was going to teach, and I was going to just kind of get an understanding as to what missions is. But two weeks before I was supposed to go, he said, I feel from the Lord I'm not supposed to go. And I'm like, what, you guys? What you mean (laughs) you're not supposed to go? And he said, sometimes man will commission you, and sometimes God will commission you. He had given me his binder, to be honest with you. He teaches on, uh, actually, the fear of the Lord. I I didn't get this from him, though, just to to be clear. (laughs) But... He teaches on the fear of the Lord, and because he had spent some time with me and mentored me and loved on me, when I opened the binder, now remember, just simple obedience, nothing special about me in particular, just simple obedience. When I opened the binder, after remember the terrible devotion. Guys, don't ever ask me to do a devotion (laughs) at your school. It's just not my thing. But when I opened the binder on the fear of the Lord, I felt the presence of God fall on me. To this day, well, your family, to this day I'm their favorite speaker. There's something about my accent where the Kenyans understand what I'm talking about. And I just feel the favor of God when I go to Kenya, Africa. Now, many years later, I'm not just teaching, but at the end of the teaching, um, usually teaching on the Father, Heart of God, or the Holy Spirit, I always take the, the uh, students to a swimming pool. Many of them have never been to a swimming pool. Many of them don't know how to swim. It is so funny <laughs> to see these guys try to learn how to swim, and they're convinced that this time is the time they're going to learn how to swim. And I have the privilege of taking them swimming. You guys know what chicken fights are? We put each other, well, they don't put me on their shoulders, poor. (laughs) They snap their backs. But it's gone from teaching to relationship to discipling the nations, going back to the same place and discipling the nations. We swim, we have chicken fights. We have the best food available, which doesn't cost very much. And then I baptize them all in water. Guys, I just want to once again say, as we were talking about the freedom fighters, that this is really simple. It's just, it's going. It's walking in the fear of the Lord, which is just simple obedience. It's allowing the fear of man 
to come off of us. And it's having the heart of David, which is a broken and a contrite heart before him, a heart that is quick to repent, but a heart that wants to walk in obedience. David was a man after God's own heart because he was quick to, to repent. So I am a guy that doesn't want to just speak to speak. And so I just want to say that I feel like I'm done. That's not the best way to close things, but I just want to tell you. (laughs) There is something very serious about this generation. And God is going to awaken something inside of you for real. So please do not run into the things of this world. Please do not. Just try to abandon those things so that you can get the very, very best that God has to offer.